It's your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I plugged it. Don't know if this ever happened to you, but our movie paused. It just stopped in the middle of the movie yesterday. Oh, wow. So I go... I'm not waiting. I know how this goes. Everyone's like, oh man, this sucks. When are we going to start? Nobody ever gets up. So I just get up. I go and uh, I'm like, hey, your movie paused. Like, oh yeah, we're taking care of theater two right now. I'm like, okay, great. I turn around. I look back at my theater number. It's theater number one. And I'm like, so I go, I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom anyway. Let me go. I come out. I look back. It's still paused. Go back in. I'm like, hey, it's paused. They're like, yeah, we took care of theater two. I go, no, theater one. They go, theater one. Yeah, theater one. Oh, wow, that's unfortunate. Where's the guy? They go back and forth. And then, of course, the guy who I've been talking to this entire time, he goes in the theater. Yeah, movie's playing. The sec, I'm, I'm telling you, I look back in to check after the bathroom. It's still paused. 30 seconds of him and I talking. He goes in. Oh, yeah, it's playing. What are you talking about? The movie started. <laughs> Asshole. What I, theater was this? Uh, Cobble Hills. Cobble Hills. Cobble Hills. And it's because Alpine, you weren't playing. Yeah, Alpine was the only theater not playing this movie. That guy wasn't an asshole. It was just unfortunate luck for me. But we're going to blame Cobble Hill. We're going to blame Cobble Hill. Fuck Cobble Hill. <laughs> Sound, speeding, camera, rolling. Scene 18. Take 303. Mark. Welcome to Take 303, powered by Fort Wayne Media, the podcast for the guy who knows a lot about film. And his friend. I'm Nick Molinari. I'm J.P. Brooks. We're talking film and television, and today we're talking about Asteroid City and Airplane. So, I got some really good podcast news. Please tell me more as I send an email to a client. <laughs> <laughs> this last few weeks, we've been doing pretty well on Instagram. We reached about 19.8 thousand accounts with our reels. Every every time we're posting reels, uh, I get a notification that says 500 views, 1,000 views, 2,000 views. And sometimes it's within hours of me posting it. The Spider-Man video alone... I think is up to 8,000 now. We are being listened to in eight different countries. We uh, just started gathering listeners in India and the Philippines okay. and Portugal. And uh, most recently, the biggest thing of all, we just started doing ambassador ads on Spotify. And we have made a whopping sum of 14 cents. Divided by two and after taxes, 10 cents. Let's go. Yeah, we... We sense an airs. That's that's just what we do. That's just what we do. I listen, I'm gonna be quitting my day job. That's it. It's over. <laughs> that wedding's gonna be on a budget and a half. Yeah. Asteroid City stars a lot of different people, so we're just gonna run through them really fast. Forgive me, because I'm gonna be looking down for a while. But is written and directed by Wes Anderson, and stars Jason Schwartzman. Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Adrian Brody, Lee Schreiber, Hope Davis, Stephen Park, Rupert Friend, Maya Hawke, Steve Carell, Matt Dillon, Hong Chow, William Willem Dafoe, Margot Robbie, Tony Revolori, Jake Ryan, and Jeff Goldblum. It's a lot of people in this movie, and there's a lot of people from things. Um, you said Maya Hawke. She is, um, she's from season three of Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. Asteroid City is a story about a playwright who's writing a play called Asteroid City. During the movie, we cut between the actual play, which we are watching in color, and the black and white behind the scenes look as to how the play was constructed and written. Though most of the plot revolves around what's going on in the play as Asteroid City is interrupted, a junior stargazing event is interrupted 
by some unforeseen events. And I think that's pretty, yeah, I'm going to leave it right there. Yeah, it's a good summary. Um, so right off the bat, it's Wes Anderson as at his most Wes Anderson. And it it is such a beautiful film to look at. And I, just the opening uh, sequence of the train, I thought, I literally thought it was a set until I realized, oh, these are miniatures. And then, you know, from there it just goes on to how beautiful this movie is and how well they move the camera and the production design. How about you? Uh, first off, the drool's coming off your mouth real hard. Uh, I know this. I know what's <laughs> your boy. I know you're making out right now, like if he was here. Um, I knew you were gonna like this movie, and I'm sure you did like this movie because it is, yeah, every angle, every shot really looks meticulously well done. It is very visually appealing to the eyes. I didn't know what it meant for like things to be look or have a style, but. This is clearly Wes Anderson style, because there's no way, I don't think people make movies like this. And have you seen a Wes Anderson movie before? No, but I've, I sort of heard about, like, Grand Budapest Hotel. Like, things are weird. It's quirky. That's what I know. When I hear Wes Anderson, I think quirky, and that's the first word that came out of my mouth when I left the theater. You know, this is a quirky guy. This is a quirky movie with quirky dialogue. It's a, it's a hipster kind of film. Yeah. Really? Huh. I guess so. Because I think it's like supposed to be high art. I think it's disguised. I think it, the best way for me to describe it, I think, is if like Dr. Seuss made movies. It's so fascinating because it's a movie. And the way the camera moves for the first act, most of it, it's, it shows you all four walls. Because even in a play or a movie, you know, you don't get to see. I, I just, you know, normally in a play, right, there's three walls, stage left, stage right, the backdrop. And then the audience is the fourth wall. But the way they do it, you really get a sense of this whole space. It doesn't feel like there's a fourth wall at all. It doesn't feel like I, you know, that I'm the fourth wall of the audience. It really feels like I get to see everything. We're constantly panning the camera so you get a shot of everything. Which feels like, the way it looks, it's like a play set. Like we're on a theater, a play. Well, let's run through and see if you recognize any of them. Bottle Rocket? No. Uh, the Darjeeling Limited? No. Moonrise Kingdom? No. Isle of Dogs? Yes, animated, yes? Yes. Okay. Stop, a- stop Action. Stop Action, yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox is one of his. I Fantastic know. Mr. Fox. I've seen that. Okay. Um, the French Dispatch? No. The only one I've seen that is Fantastic Mr. Fox, and I've watched that multiple times. So. Did you recognize that it's Wes Anderson or no? No, until, I, until you told me or Googled it, I had no idea. Okay, so yeah, he definitely is one of those directors that has such an overt style that you can re- recognize his movies right away. Uh, just listening to some of the dialogue and some of the descriptions they give of all these things, you can understand it, but then 30 seconds later, you got hit with so much dialogue that you it kind of just like, it's out of your mind already. Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, I'm going to say that a lot, this film. like this, It's very interesting, it's very quirky, it's very weird. I uh, There's something about the Grand Budapest Hotel, whatever images or memory I have of it, there's something about the color. What's with this guy's color? I feel like it just pops. It's the color is like super saturated. Okay, so they're saturated. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Okay. I was so taken aback. We had a narrator to start, but it's Brian Cranston, so I, I can't, I got nothing to say. Yeah, we, we were just talking about you have to be smart for this movie. And I really, if you're like an average uh, moviegoer, like perfect example, Mike, right? Mike is on the show. He's your top of the line mainstream media, likes all the superheroes. There's nothing wrong with that. 
right? But I don't think you need a. That's a hose. Um, from, from a block away. <laughs> from a block. That's how good the mics are. We just pick up everything. So obviously, I don't think you need a PhD to understand Transformers and um, Spider-Man. Well, maybe. Um, but you know, this movie requires you to think, and it all depends on what kind of experience you're looking for. And with all the non like. This really movie wasn't advertised that much, I feel like. And when I went, I don't know, I don't think you saw my post, but uh, I went and it was probably like mid-afternoon and there was only six people in my theater. We went during the week, uh, four o'clock, I think. And we had about a dozen to 14 people in the movie theater. Yeah, so it wasn't like, a, it doesn't draw, I think, a huge crowd. Um, and then, uh, weirdly enough... Uh, there was only one person that was laughing in the movie. <laughs> Dude, was it you? No. I was I was laughing my ass off in this movie, and I was the only one laughing in the movie theater. I had, like, little chuckles, but I didn't have laugh out loud, but the lady in the back thoroughly enjoyed this. <laughs> you have to be listening intently on how things are said because there's so many deadpan jokes in this. I love it. That, yeah, if that's your style, then you'll enjoy it. I love when movies do dialogue of what if what if people could really say what was actually on their mind and just like the true nature of people because dialogue and like typical Hollywood blockbusters are so dressed up over the top melodramatic and sometimes I enjoy that but to really just have someone say like you know your mother died in three the weeks mo- ago three weeks ago <laughs> in the most monotone just your mother died. Three weeks ago. I don't even think he said die. He was like, she's she's gone. She's gone. Yeah. And somehow they know from the hospital. And they were like, that was three weeks ago. Like, they were like, yes. so when's she coming? She, she's not. She's in heaven, but... I don't believe in I don't heaven. believe in heaven. <laughs> You're Episcopalian, so I guess she's there. <laughs> it's refreshing. It really is refreshing. That's why like, I didn't understand this movie that much. I had to think a lot about it after I left. But I did leave feeling happy because... As absurd as the dialogue is, I feel like that's closer to reality than some of the stuff I watch on TV or in movies, you know? Like Fast X. Yeah. It's just, you know what? Every dialogue just feels the same over and over. Every Everything looks the same. It's, you know, every dark room, <laughs> everything's always dark. Everything, like, the background's always put down and the characters themselves are brought forward. But I feel like it's the opposite in this movie, the characters are fighting to be in the screen because of how much awesomeness is going on in the background. Or even the the phone call with the father. Yep. And it's at that old school split screen, and you know that they had like a long time to film that to time out the the shots and make them match up. Like, I don't think I've seen a split screen phone call in a while. Yeah. Who is standing out to you in this movie? I know there's so many people. I but mean, who would who would you have to pick as your favorite? Or if if you had to, like two favorites. Schwartzman. I mean, if you're not rooting for Augie, the photographer, you're an idiot. Man, I fucking love that alien. <laughs> I definitely love Jason Schwartzman. Um, he's been in so many Wes Anderson movies. So for him, it's like the style is very like to home. I think Scarlett Johansson did an amazing job. And I think the the main, the son. Yeah. I think he was, like, my third favorite. Even, like, Margot Robbie for, like, such a short scene. Did it killed it. Yeah. I would have preferred a slightly maybe longer movie because for some of the characters, I feel like they weren't super 
necessary for the story in a sense. And I feel like they were just there to like up the cameo value. So I think, you know, less characters, I think would have helped it. For me, I feel like at certain points it loses its focus. But I'm going to take it from somebody I think who said, right, I don't think the movie's about anything. There's a take out there that says this movie is about nothing. And that's the point. And there were two points of dialogue. There's a theme, and I agree with it. And I kind of had a hint at it. If you So there's a kid in the beginning of the movie who asks, like, what's the meaning of life? And the guy's like, I don't know. Then we have the father who asks his son, hey, the dare, why do you do this? Because I want to be seen. And if he doesn't do that, well, then he doesn't know what his meaning of life is. And then finally, when Martin Schwartz leaves Asteroid City, because Jason. Jason Schwartz leaves Asteroid City, Augie, the photographer, so he leaves it. Remember, it's a play, people. There's two things going on here. The black and white scenes are all real life, quote unquote, of how the, how the film that you're watching in color, which is a play technically, is made. So he leaves Offset and he goes ask Adrian Brody, the director, hey, what is this about? And even he doesn't know. But they still go on with it anyway. So I don't think anybody knows what this movie's about, including, I think it's just a movie. Sometimes there isn't a point to things, or you don't, you're not supposed to know the point to things, and you kind of just move on with your life. And this is where the, the biggest thing, the scene that really, I think, clicked for me, why I had this inkling, is there's a scene where Scarlett Johansson, it's a week later, after the big event, I don't want to spoil that, after the event that sort of, the whole play is shaped around. And so, do you feel any different? And he goes, no. I had a similar one. I felt uh the idea of like not knowing but also a sense of loss like feeling lost and i get that when like the father is trying to tell his kids about like their mother when the kids are trying to figure out what to do when you know things happen in asteroid city and no one really knows what's the next step scarlett johansson and her husband's situation the daughter not necessarily liking her mother scientist who wishes maybe i should have had kids the the war veteran who's clearly has ptsd who's lost so i think loss is another great one jumping from that i feel like it's a great theme i think they covered it very well i think just with less characters uh, i would have wanted to like know more about like a smaller group of them i think and that's why I've always loved philosophy and things like that, because it gives you a sense of wonder and it occupies the brain. Sometimes it's nice to have a problem that isn't solved. There's a difference between being confusing and being puzzling. And confusing is I have A plus B and I'm not arriving at C. Puzzling is I have A and B and I'm sort of okay with C, but I don't even think I understand A and B. Do you think you're going to want to venture into the rest of uh, Wes Anderson's filmography? I'm definitely watching Isle of Dogs, and I'm, I've always been on the fence about Grand Budapest Hotel, so I'll probably watch Grand Budapest Hotel. My favorite scenes were any scene with the uh, the general in it. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. What about you? No, I think, <laughs> I think everything involving the mother's ashes is just great, <laughs> how they deal with that. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with that. I love the relationship this father has with his kids. Not because it's a good one. I don't think it's a good one. I think it's because how bad it is. And, yeah. So I'm going with that. Final thoughts and ratings? Final thoughts and ratings, then we can get to our next film. 
airplane. So I'll go first. It's your boy. I want you to. I'm curious to hear what you think. It is my boy. Uh, so big Wes Anderson film film fan. Uh, love his work. I think this is definitely him at his most Anderson, um, which is a good thing and a bad thing. I think maybe he went a little bit too overboard. French Dispatch. I wasn't too thrilled with. And in the same token, this one where I feel like there's so much going on that we lose sight of what's super important at the core and it kind of takes me out of it a bit. So I think production design, cinematography, acting, writing, all that just like elevates it to a five. But I think for the lack of focus, I'm going to give it a four. If you're going to do a movie where nothing happens, similar to Across the Spider-Verse, at least have good dialogue. And that's what this movie is. This movie... I hope you're knocking that the whole year. I'll be knocking this for the rest of this podcast. Like, <laughs> I don't know how long it's going, but I'm doing it. Um, what a way to... If you like dialogue, if you're interested in characters, this is this is your film. This is definitely my kind of film. Um, you're, the plot doesn't make sense. This movie is not perfect. But I think what it can do for you is is hopefully if you're like me and you're just sort of see of sicking sick of seeing things blow up at the movie theaters if you're tired of just action films or just your typical hero bad guy thing there this is totally not that this is just watching people react to things that are happening around them and they do it in a funny way it doesn't make sense it doesn't always flow the best i'm stuck between a three and a four I have a feeling that when I watch this again, I'm going to like it more or worse. I mean, obviously, that's the only way. I could, or I could feel the same, I guess. I don't know. This is a tough one. I think I'm going to leave it on a three for now, despite how much I do enjoy it. I think I, I think I acknowledge the problems. Yeah. See, I, don't, I don't want to cut you off, but yeah, uh, I reviewed uh, Asteroid City on Letterboxd already, and I put it as a three. But while speaking with you, I changed my mind. So I feel like we're on the same place where it's like messy, but beautiful. It's a beautiful mess. Like tragedy and loss. It's a beautiful mess. I'm going to have to give it a four after I said that shit. I swayed him. I swayed. No, you. You swayed me to sway you. you, Yeah, you swayed me to sway you to sway. Um, Yeah, this movie made me feel something. Cross Spider-Verse didn't. I'm going to give it a four. (laughs) It's like it's a low four. It's a low four. It's a low four. All right, on that note, uh, after the commercial break, we will be back and we are talking airplane. We want to thank today's sponsor, All Sparks. You know, it's been a few days since the 4th of July, and maybe you still have the itch to blow stuff out in front of your house, onto the streets of your quiet neighborhood where everybody's sleeping peacefully. Well, we've got the solution to you. All Sparks gives you great deals all year round to shoot fireworks off, to piss off your neighbors, to really disturb the peace. And for no reason, maybe it's August 11th, there's no special event going on. You're like, hey, let's pop some fireworks. Well, AllSpark has you covered. Their AllSpark technology is guaranteed to pierce through any earbuds, through any headset. Guaranteed your neighbors will hear anything, will not get another night's rest of sleep. Forget curfew hours. Forget quiet after 10 p.m. AllSpark will make sure to shatter that into the stratosphere along with amazing lights and production Take it from the customers that have responded back from AllSpark saying, we've lost so many limbs, so many fingers because of the fireworks that they sent us. The explosions are unreal. In fact, one person said they finally were able to blow up their neighbor's car and get back at them for something they did earlier in the year that nobody really remembers or knows, but AllSpark is the guarantee for you. If you're looking to blow up stuff all year round, 
Go to AllSpark. You can take it from us. Rise up from the beast inside of you and blow up what you need to blow up all year round for no reason other than to piss people off. This podcast is sponsored and powered by Fortway Media. Maybe you have a wedding coming up. Maybe you have a special event. Maybe you're a business owner who wants to make more ads. Maybe you are a sports team that wants more media coverage. Regardless of what it is, Fort Wave Media turns everyday life into a cinematic experience that you will not forget, that you will cherish until the end of time. Book Fort Wave Media today and don't miss out on another moment that you want to make into a cinematic one. And we're back and we're talking 1980s Airplane. Directed by Jim Abrams, David Zucker, and Jerry Zucker. It stars Robert Hayes, Julie Haggerty, Leslie Nielsen, Robert Stack, Lloyd Bridges, Peter Graves, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Lorna Patterson. Airplane is about a couple who is broken up. One of them is a stewardess who is about to catch a plane. One of them is a former pilot. He gets over his fears to try to win back his woman and goes on the plane after he's had some horrible... PTSD from being a military pilot. However, things go wrong when people on the plane start to get sick. And that's all I'm going to say about this movie. Now, do you know any background on this movie at all? So, I have seen this movie beyond when I was a kid watching Comedy Central growing up. um, Like, National Hangover Day, July 1st, pop on Comedy Central and watch all the hangover movies, all the drunk movies... Ryan Reynolds, you know, waiting comes on. Uh, so I've seen this be like advertised like crazy. Airplane, airplane. Knew nothing about it though. Uh, the guys who made it, they were like the pioneers of the spoof films. That's what I said after watching. I'm like Chris, I think this is like the first spoof comedy movie. And it came out right after their first one was like Kentucky Fried Movie, but this one comes out after the movie Airport. Hmm. Passengers on a pl- on a plane get sick, and then they have to make an emergency landing. And this comes out right around the time of all the disaster movies like Earthquake, Towering Inferno, uh, Poseidon Adventure. So a lot of disaster movies. And now Airplane comes out where they parody not only the movie itself, but other you can see other movies being parodied throughout, but also pop culture. By the way, I like that you're talking about disaster and a, like thunder, but I hope that stays in. I don't um, think I can get rid of it. I think it's going to rain today. Okay. This is like the prototype for what scary movie will be. Just to let you know, we're all counting on you. And then it's just the thunder <laughs> <laughs> that's happening just right now. Just let you know, we're all counting on you. Good luck. <laughs> that's my favorite joke. It's a repeating joke, which... Um, it's not funny the first time, but it's, it's funny. funny every other time. Uh, some of my other friends and I, we, we have been repeating some of the same jokes for the last 15 years. And we bring them up. And one of the things, like our... I guess it's a bit that we do. Yeah, somebody will bring up a story that's super uninteresting. It's about Six Flags. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm, I'm, all right. You got to tell us. <laughs> you got to tell us. Yeah. So the the joke goes like this: Someone goes, "Wow, that was really convenient." <laughs> and someone goes, "You know, speaking of convenience, there I was on line for Six Flags." And and someone goes, "I'm waiting on line for Superman Ultimate Flight." And what somebody else goes, oh, you mean the one where you lay? Yeah, the one that looks like you're flying that one. Exactly. So we're online for Superman Ultimate Flight. And all of a sudden, there's a delay. That's actually, the trigger word is delay. There's this like, people are upset. I'm upset. People are flipping trash cans, banging on guardrails. And no, the line's not moving for like 30 minutes. Next thing you know, all of a sudden, we're moving. We're gunning. We're running. And like, wow, this is really, 
this is really starting to move. What happened to that delay? We get to the front. There's a security guard, which he's really just a trash man. He carries one of those clickers that picks trash up. Mm -hmm. We go, hey, buddy, what's with the delay? He goes, we were actually adding in a second car. There was only one. We added the second one. That actually speeded up the process. He goes, wow, that actually ended up being really convenient. I go, yeah, it was wonderful. And so, yeah, what we thought was the delay actually ended up being really convenient. And so what will happen is, as bad and as stupid as that story was, which is not interesting at all, someone goes, you know, speaking of delays, that reminds me. You actually hit the nail on the mark here uh, because the same group of guys that made this made Scary Movie 3 and 4. Oh, wow. Yeah, right after they uh, the Wayans were uh, taken out of the franchise. It's one of those movies where there is like a joke literally every probably 10 to 20 seconds. Like it does not stop. Every cut. Every cut has a joke. And it's also one of those movies similar to Asteroid City where there's a lot of things going on in the background too. If you think from like the opening scene uh, right after Jaws. Um, but uh, they're, they're coming. A bunch of people are coming into the airport and they're coming out of the cabs. And you hear the people on the on the speaker phones saying red zone and white zone this and they're having like a whole f- argument uh yeah. during that that while people are just walking into the airport so there's so many things happening both in the foreground and the background that makes this funny you're, you're gonna, gonna laugh, laugh at some point. point now there's also um a lot of jokes that uh might be considered border to line hit or miss depending on who you are in 2023 uh so there's a lot of jokes. I think that's Twitter. <laughs> Sorry, it's Instagram. Hey. It's the Zucker brothers coming after us. Um, so yeah, we're we're still we're still running this live during this. Uh, yeah. We have no choice. But um, there's a lot of jokes about race. There's a lot of jokes about gender, about uh, somewhat about religion. Uh, how do you feel about them? How do you, do you think they hold up? <laughs> you bet I do. It's funny. It's funny. For instance, uh, for example, there are the, these two guys on the plane, uh, black gentlemen, and uh, dress really nicely, and they don't speak a language that is known to us. They speak jive. Yeah. With added subtitles. It's the, sub- ama- yeah. the subtitles did it for me. Once I saw the subtitles go on, I lost it. For a made-up language. And so do you think if it was played in a theater right now that people would just... Yo. If this was played today, people would, nah, you wouldn't. It gets the, it's been over 20 years, so it doesn't understand. <laughs> I'm so scared to say anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's definitely one of those, it's been 20 years, so it gets, you know, it gets excused, but you're not supposed to promote it. The girl that likes her coffee a certain way. <laughs> That joke was <laughs> wild. Because <laughs> it came from a kid, and it was so funny. I also liked, uh, and along with the repetition jokes, all the crazy questions the pilot asked the kid in the cabin. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar pretending not to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yo, that, I saw, I could see the lightning through the blinds. That was great. Yeah, this is going to be a while. I don't know how this is going to play on Spotify. But. <laughs> we're, I, we're never going to get, like, I you know, October is going to come. We're going to be our spooky season. I imagine you and I will probably do some horror-related things. There's no way. We're going to have to pull sound bites from this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pull the sound bites. Um, 
but yeah i hope that none of our listeners have like a fear of like thunder or <laughs> play this on speaker while their dog who is or uncomfortable race, with it racism yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um in no way did I feel like any group of people in this movie were being put down. In fact, you should laugh at how ridiculous stereotypes are. Like, I think that's the point. I think that's what it is. It's, I feel So that's what I'm saying. I feel like this could play today. And my hope is that people wouldn't be offended by it. Um, some of the race jokes and stuff like that. Because I think it's not, as you said, aimed at anybody. It's a laugh along kind of thing. It's laugh along. It's laughing at itself. And, like, if, yeah, it doesn't, because what I really liked is when, when the white woman gets up and be like, don't worry, I speak jive. <laughs> and what's ridiculous about that is not that black people talk like that, or in any way, or like, that it's racist in any sense of this word. It's ridiculous if you think... That that's a language. That that's a language, one, or two, if that's how you really feel about people, then that says more about you than it does this movie. Because it's not like, you know, the anybody movie is meant to be dumber than anybody else. It's not meant... There's nobody... Everybody's just doing their thing. And I think it's great. When I first saw this, I probably was probably uh, 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad recommended it. And I remember laughing hysterically the whole way through. And the one joke that had me dying, like crying laughing, was when the shit hit the fan. <laughs> actually hits and there's just like this little hand out of frame and it just tosses shit into a fan (laughs) and it pans right past it as if that didn't just happen and it's raining pretty hard yeah it is raining hard now so you get a little raindrop for you asmr listeners that like the really slow talk and uh hey how you doing it's take 303 after dark actually hang on let's uh bring this mic out (laughs) i can i can get some distance towards the towards the rain Hey everybody, it's Take 303 After Dark. We got you on a rainy afternoon trying to get you through the day. We got some soft jazz, hot takes, and best of all, thunder and lightning. Let the sounds take you in, take you around. Grab a book. Grab, grab a glass of wine. We're going to take you softly through some movie experiences. Let's talk airplane. So, yeah. Um, just, we, every, baby, we do it off the cuff. We're scripts. We don't got scripts here. We just go. We didn't plan this out. <laughs> That's a director right there. You see that? He grabbed that mic. He held it. And he's like, we're going to the window. That was the boom. That was the boom, uh, baby. So, curious to think. What would you think this movie was rated when it came out? I'm assuming this movie got, like, praised. No, no. I mean, like, um, MPAA. Oh, oh at like, least R, NC-17. Yeah. PG. What? It's PG. There's a naked woman that runs across <laughs> the screen. What? Yeah. Why is it PG? Things were different in the 80s. I think the sensitivity level was just, like, very different and it just skated by. Oh, interesting. I thought it would have been more dialed up. Because if you think about it, there's no real cursing. Uh, and other than the nudity... Which we like. <laughs> we like. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh... There wasn't too much of an R-rated needed, technically. They, they referenced different things, but a lot of it's innuendo. So, yeah, And even the naked woman's not sexual in any nature. It's no, but it's, it's still pretty... It's definitely, like, vivid, like, there. No, no, it's there, for sure, but it's not like we're watching two adults making love. We're 
just seeing people going crazy and a naked woman runs in front. So I get it. It's just a naked body at that point. Or uh, here's, here's a good one that's technically shows how old this movie is. Uh, smoking and non-smoking section on a plane. Love, yeah, I love that. That was awesome. But that's the thing. They don't have that anymore. Yeah. So to someone today, I don't think they would pick up on the significance of why that's even a question. Yeah. But still laugh at the gag. Yeah, and then it's a ticket that's not, yeah, that's funny. No, there's some there's some funny stuff here. Obviously, I'm not laughing the whole way through because I think, like you said, when shit hit the fan, I was 13 or 14 when I watched it. Like, yeah, I think if you're pretty young, this movie, the slapstick is really good for that audience. Um, I think some of the dry, more subtle stuff, if there is anything subtle in this movie, you'll like Kareem. Like, I like when they, Doc Murdoch, Kareem Abdul-Jar, who's pretending not to be Kareem Abdul-Jar, famous basketball player, when they pull him out and he's got his basketball jersey on, he's got his shorts on, the sneakers, like, it's, there's so many things, yeah, like, if you blink or you miss anything, because I looked down for a second, like, I looked away, and Chris is laughing, like, what did I miss? I was gone for three seconds. Yeah, and it's not a performance film, yeah. but if you had to pick a favorite uh, character. Well, I associate this film with Leslie Nelson, is that his name? No, Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. Don't call me Shirley. The famous line. I think another really good uh, character actor is probably the uh, Rex Kramer. He was good. That one wasn't his laugh, but I think that's an agreement. You ever see? Uh, you you haven't seen Kentucky Fried Movie, right? No. Uh, there's a character called Rex Kramer in that too. Same people. Hysterical scene. I'll show it to you after this because it's a scene that cannot be played in a movie now. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Which one would you recommend to other people to go see first? Airplane or Asteroid City? I would probably lean Airplane. I think I got more laugh out loud laughs from that one. Yeah, and I'm not... And I, and I think my rating is actually going to be lower for Airplane, but I would tell you go watch Airplane first just because it'll probably be a more understandable film. It's a very funny movie. I think it still holds up today. I think the writing is impeccable. I think I've never seen a comedy do that many jokes and that many sight gags one after the other and still make like 90% of them work, if not all of them. And then there's still always something that when I go back and watch this movie, I rewatched it the other day, I see things that I, I didn't pick up before. So there's so there's so many layers to it. Um, I think it's a very fun, enjoyable movie. If you haven't seen it, definitely you know grab a group of friends, and I think it would be even funnier in that sense. Um, so I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5. Wow! Yeah. Uh, I think I just don't like spoof movies too much in general. Um, it's, it's because it's, I always find they're trying a little bit too hard. Airplane is probably one of the better ones, so my rating is just generally going to be lower, but I think it's a solid 3. I think it's you know, I don't know how you look at all these ratings, but I've said it before. Perfect, great, good, okay, and then bad. Or just how we're vibing at that point. Just how we're vibing at that point, or just how you're feeling. And to me, this is just an, it's a good movie. You should go see it. But um, I reserve, yeah, three is right in the middle. It's funny. You'll definitely laugh, but it's not like I'm itching out to go see this movie again at any point. But I think you'll get something out of it for watching it for sure. And I do recommend go seeing Airplane before Asteroid City because at least you'll understand Airplane. Asteroid City, I think, is a little complicated, so I don't recommend to everyone. So, yeah, it's my rating. That has been an episode of Take 303. Thanks for watching. Hopefully you enjoyed. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Spotify if you haven't done so. We also have a Patreon. If you'd like to subscribe, go take a look at that. 
This week's poll question of the week is... This week's poll question of the week is... What is your favorite spoof movie? We're going to give you a bunch of them, some of the best. We'll definitely have Scary Movie on there, Naked Gun, Airplane. So we'll have a bunch on there. Curious to see what you think. And our... Well, I better get in before it goes again. And our question of the week is, what is your favorite Wes Anderson movie? And if you haven't seen a Wes Anderson film, go watch one and then tell us what you thought of it. All spark. So we'll do Insidious 5 and... And rear window. Okay. okay. Go for it. Next week's episode, Nick and I tackle a movie that we just said out loud, which is Insidious 5. Insidious Red Door. How many Insidious movies are there? Five. That's crazy. Well, <laughs> five. I, but I, I know I said five, but like, it was really that many? Next week's episode will be Insidious 5, The Red Door, and Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window. And I had to say Alfred Hitchcock because I forgot what the movie was called. And so I used that time to think about it.